Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach, Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. I'm glad to be home. I love to travel, but I love more to not travel. Amen. It's better to be home. Carl and I just got back late, late last night, and uh, it's like 26 hours of traveling and that's just to, to Europe, not even to Africa. Africa's worse, amen, but it's still tiring, and it's uh, 3.30 in the morning or 2.30 in the morning for us or something like that, so we're all thrown off, but it's, it's a blessing to be able to go preach the gospel, and I just kind of want to, even though we're not at my house tonight, I'm just going to bring you into the living room for a minute, just share a little bit of the trip. Is that all right? Tell you that the vision is alive, as that screen says up behind me. It's alive and well And being in another country, being in another continent, and going to a place to see what God is doing in Victory World Outreach in a different place is just so exciting. So I want to challenge you tonight. I want to thank you tonight for allowing us to go, even though I didn't ask for permission. Amen. Appreciate you sending us and uh, taking up that offering to allow us to be able to go. We were able to be a blessing to this church financially as well and taking offering to them. You know, being there with this precious couple, I'm going to put their picture up real quick. Many of you have seen them at conference. Uh, That's Pastor Don and Loretta Portnova. And they have been, this is, listen to this, they have been in our church before Pastor Jones. Pretty crazy. They, this couple, they weren't married yet. We got the whole story. I've known them for, obviously, Pastor Mario and Deonza know this story better than I do, but I've known them for 20-something years and always loved them, but just to be able to go and spend time with them, we stayed in their house. We were there for almost a week and stayed in their home and sat in their living room, and they, I think they watch online, so they may see this, and so let's just, let's just, while I'm saying that, let's just give a big shout-out to them tonight if they happen to watch this at some moment, amen? But I, I just want to leave this up there for a second. That's, that's the, uh, I don't know what C that is, but that's... That's in, um, uh, tell me the city, baby. Galway, that's Galway. That's a, one of the coasts of Ireland. And I learned some things while I was there that I'll share with you. I, I, this may sound dumb, but it's okay. I'll just put myself on blast. I did not know Ireland was an island. Okay. Does anybody else in here, can, can you, does anybody else in here, did anybody else not know that before I said that? Let me, okay, good. I don't feel so bad. I didn't know it was an island, and it's an island. So it's also not very big. And uh, it's not much bigger than Costa Rica, and that tells a lot. And they actually have about 5 million people. But it's a beautiful country from what we saw. And uh, they took us to this city just to kind of hang out one day after the ministry. But I just want to brag on them, and I want to challenge us tonight. You know, you might think, is it too late for me to do something for God? Is it, 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 could God use me? And maybe you're in here, we know we just started these churches, and you're thinking, can God use me? Maybe I'm too old or too young. Maybe I'm, I don't have enough talent or ability. Maybe I've had too many problems. Let me tell you something. This couple right here, and I said, Pastor Mario and Deonza can confirm this. My wife can confirm this. I don't know if there's been a couple that's been through more. It's, they have had so many trials in their life. They've had a lot of trials. And they could have said, you know what, because of all of our trials, all of our situations we've been in, 
we're just going to, you know, just mope and, and get down on ourselves and not do something. But, you know, Don, Pastor Don is 70 years old, and they're on the mission field. And they're in a country that is 26 hours away. In that, that's, not on a, that's not plane. That's the total travel, but a lot of that's on a plane. And they're over there with 12 grandkids in the United States. And they have no family over there. Nobody. There's no friends, no family, and they're over there at 70 years old being missionaries. How many know that if they can do it, anybody can do it? And we should lift them up with high regard tonight and say, man, let that be a challenge to me that I can do more for God. And so we just had a wonderful time with them. I'll show some pictures in just a moment of the church, but they were actually in the church that Pastor Jones took over 40-something years ago, he was actually in that church before Pastor Jones even came. That's how long they've been in the fellowship. And so they are heroes of the faith for us. We're so blessed to know them. And uh, they're doing a tremendous work over there. And I want to show a few pictures. I, I think the first one is the congregation. Kind of just went over this with Joelle. So I had a camera when I preached on Sunday morning, and uh, we actually did it a little bit backwards. Friday night, I, I ministered to the youth. I'm going to show that in a minute, which is very impressive. I know you guys saw the video on Sunday, but it, it goes so fast that you don't get a good understanding, and so I want to kind of talk about it. Uh, and then Saturday, we did a discipleship at night, and we had the Gypsy Church come over from Ross Common, which is just about a half an hour away you like from here to Dallas maybe, and that church is nothing but gypsies, and gypsies are all over Europe, and uh, we have a big church of gypsies in Slovakia and Czech Republic, but I think you guys remember me mentioning a few weeks or months ago about how many churches we had come out of the Czech church, and there was, I think I said, 20-something churches, and this one is one. It's, it's a city called Roscommon, and they came over. They sent some teenagers over on Friday night, and then they came over as adults on Saturday night for a combined discipleship, and then Sunday I preached. And so this first video is I wanted them to greet you uh, from the congregation. So let's play that and let them say hi to you. Thank you for sending your pastor. So that's, you know, when, when we leave and go somewhere else, then someone else is getting blessed, just like when someone else comes here to preach for us. Amen. Hopefully we'll get them to come preach for us sometime. But that's the congregation. Did you see the mixture, the culture? We counted on Saturday night. There's 12 or 13 nations represented in that church in Ireland. You ought to never, never thought that when, I, when we went, you know, that we would see that mixture. It's just beautiful. It's amazing. Um, and then let's, uh, what do I have next? A few of the youth. The, I said this quickly in the video Sunday, last Sunday, but th this truly is amazing because remember, Pastor Don and Loretta are 70 years old. She's a couple years younger, I think. And they're reaching these youth, and they had on that, on that, uh, Wednesday, on that Friday night f over 50 teenagers. Watch, watch some of this. Uh, is it pictures or video? Okay, here's the video. This is after the service.
Those are some of the gypsies. I think he was praying. Now show just a few more of those still pictures. I think we have all those that right there went all went came forward for salvation on Friday night. Amen. Y'all should have clapped there. Y'all missed that right there. Amen. Go back to that, Jarelli, if you would. All those teenagers standing there got saved Friday night. Amen. Came forward for salvation. This and then other side you can see some of the uh the gypsy teenagers as well. They did kind of sit separate from each other. Not unlike teenagers here. And that's the salvation prayer. There were lots of them came up. So that's the ones from the teenagers. I think we had one more from the teenagers. No, that's it. Okay. Um, so the trip alone was worth that. Can you say amen? Those, those teenagers getting saved. Amen. Coming forward for salvation. And then uh, what, do I ha- what do I have left? I have the gypsy church, right? Okay, so anyways, 50 teenagers from a, from a pastor and his wife that are near, their, near 70. So that means that anybody can reach anybody. And it really is a revival to, to be getting that many teenagers to come on a Friday night. They're doing it once a month. But, I mean, it was impressive. I was expecting to see a few teenagers and to have that many. So that's a challenge for Braden and Joelle, amen, too, to get more teenagers, amen? If they can get that many, we can get that many. Can I get an amen? It's a challenge. Amen. And so there's a couple of key people there that are bringing a lot of people in. Now, this is the other church, the, uh, the Gypsy Church, and I was so glad and blessed that Carla got to, to go there because when I went to Czech Republic about 12 years ago and preached at that conference, there's, Pastor Mar, did you get to preach to the, you did, right, to the gypsies? There's, there's nothing like the gypsies. They are so much fun, and they look Hispanic. They really do. When I first went, I thought I was in, in, in Costa Rica. They, they really look Hispanic, but they are so energetic and so fun, and that church is so live. I think you might have seen a piece there. Um, but let's show that video walking through the crowd. Do you have that one? Going through the crowd, praise and worship. Service, yeah. Okay, this is actually the altar call. That's fine, though. You might recognize that song. Lots of miracles, lots of healings. And, we're of course, working with the translator, which is always fun. She's from the Philippines. She was at conference. That's probably enough of that. Amen. Isn't it neat to have technology? Feel like you can go be there with us? Amen. Now, let's see the congregation of them. I, I had another video walking through, but that's, I think that was on the video Sunday. But this is their, the gypsy, gypsy congregation. They meet Sunday at 3 o'clock, them uh, greeting Texas.
That's the pastor on the right in the white shirt. All right. So isn't it neat to be able to see that this isn't just some church? That's our church, amen? It's people just like us, thousands, of, about 6,000 miles away in another country, and they're in, from another country in another country. I mean, there's so, many, so much combination there, it's, it's kind of hard to keep up with. But I want to tell you that God did tremendous things, and again, I'm going to thank you for your prayers. We felt your prayers. We didn't have one moment of sickness, not one moment of danger. Not one moment of uh, any problems at all, and it was just a tremendous trip, and so we thank you for allowing us to go. The reason I want to talk about the vision is, is when, when you go to another country and you're able to go and see the, the culture and see what's going on in another country, it just reminds me of the Bible, of how the gospel got to us. Tonight we're sitting here in Denton, Texas. You hear me say this all the time because somebody preached the gospel because somebody grabbed the baton and went with the gospel and preached it to somebody else. And, and, and it, then they preached it to somebody else. And then they preached it to somebody else. And here we are, thousands of miles away, thousands of years removed, and the gospel still being preached. Amen? And we are a part of it. And I want to tell you that the vision is alive and it is well. The vision of the Bible and the vision of Victory World Outreach. Amen? It is strong. They have a beautiful building there in Ireland. God is doing great things, and we're super excited to see uh, when they have a vision to, to start a church in Northern Ireland as well. So we'll be praying for that. And uh, we'll get that picture. We'll get a picture of them as well. We're going to work on getting a good uh, board together and a place to pray where we can see all these different pastors and have pictures. The, past, the churches that we've gone to to minister in, we're able to see that they're praying for us. They've got our names up. They've got our pictures up. Uh, we actually... Staying with Pastor Donna Loretta, we would go down every morning and uh, drink coffee with them and sit by the fire. They had a fire, and uh, it was cold there, and they would read the Bible. We'd read the Bible with them, and then they showed us one day their prayer list, and uh, they mentioned that they pray for Pastor Jones and Marie and the family every single day. And I said, can I just get on the back end of that prayer every single day? Can you just throw the Andrews in there? I said, Landa's my son-in-law, so just kind of throw me in there, Amen. And then she, it just so happened, I think it was Saturday that we were there, and that was our day that they're supposed to pray for us, the Andrews. So they prayed for us in person while we were there. And it's just a blessing to be able to be a part of the gospel around the world. Amen? Now, one other thing I want to share tonight is for probably close to 25 years, a little over 20 that we've been pastoring, Every time we've always taken advantage of the opportunity to travel and to minister, and then we, we haven't been able to just take vacations. You know, like more, more normal people just take a time out and take a vacation. We always do ministry, and then while we're there, we say, What can we do to have a little time? And so we were there in Longford, and we found a very cheap uh, flight to go over to Rome, Italy. And it was a three-hour flight, but I'm talking cheap, like spirit cheap, like $50 to fly to Italy, round trip. So we took a few days and went to Rome, and uh, that was a, a trip of a lifetime to be able to see the history of Rome. And uh, I, I'm always looking for the spiritual things, and I want to tie all this together by what we saw there. We obviously went and walked. Everything's within like a 25-minute walk. Our feet are killing us from walking, but thank God this time I went with some 
good shoes and not some generic Walmart shoes like I did when I was in the Czech Republic, if you've ever heard that story. But even with good shoes, my feet are very sore. And it's like being back in the Bible. We saw the Colosseum. We saw that fountain that's famous. We saw uh, this big, huge plaza that's famous. Um, all these, you know, there's lots of famous things. But I wanted to see Bible things, and I, and I Googled it before, and I said, what's the Bible stuff I want to see? And so we're walking around different places, and I found um, the place where Paul eventually got to and preached and ministered. And, you, and as you read the Bible and you hear Rome, as a matter of fact, there's a whole book written, Romans, to the Romans, and that's the city of Rome, right? And uh, I was thinking about this verse, and I, think I, I, th- I don't think I have this in the, in the verses, but I'll read it to you. It's Romans 1.15, which is right before a famous verse in Romans 1.16 that many will know. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God uh, unto salvation, first for the Jew, then to the Gentile. That's a very famous verse. But in 15, he says this. He says, I am eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome. And he says this verse, and it, and it reminds me of, of going and ministering. You know, I, I, if anybody knows me personally, I, I do not like to travel. I have to mentally pray in tongues a lot and pray in the Spirit a lot to travel because I am claustrophobic, if anybody knows me. And so to spend 14 hours in a tube is very difficult for me. And so I have to get to another, I have to go to my sports playing realm, amen, and just think different. But it makes me think of like all the travel and all the time it takes to get to a place so far away and then trains and then shuttles and all these different things. It makes me think how difficult it was back then because Rome is 2,500 miles away from Jerusalem. To give that some perspective, I believe, if I'm not mistaking, about 3,000 miles is between the east and the west coast of the United States. So almost the distance across our country is how far Rome is from Jerusalem. And we think today in terms of a plane or train or a car, but back then they didn't have any of those things. And he most likely, as a matter of fact, most likely we know by the Bible that Paul went to Rome on a ship. And I, I, I was reading while I was there uh, in the verses about um, Acts 26, I believe it is. I'm going to read that in a second. You don't have to put it quite, quite, up quite yet. But think about this. What I'm going to get to in a second is I'm going to show you a video. And this was, the, to me, probably the most meaningful part of the trip, other than spending time with my wife, obviously. It was a beautiful time together seeing these things. But I got to see the cell and stand in the cell, and I'll show you a video in a minute, where Paul wrote some of the Bible. And it was just, especially for someone, again, who's claustrophobic, we had to go down these stairs and into this place, and I literally stood in the room, and it was very surreal and very amazing to think that Paul wrote part of the Bible in this. But I really want you to understand tonight, as I'm challenging you about age, and I'm saying, you know, what are you going to do for God? That's always going to be a challenge from us. Amen? How many know we're never going to stop challenging you to do something for God? Again, especially as we've started these churches and, we, and, and people have said, you know what, I'll go. We talk about Pastor Jesse and Julie with their health issues and their age and what they're doing for God. Is We, we can't make excuses. If, it's, if, we, if we make excuses and we say, well, I'm sick or I don't have enough money or I don't have this or I don't have that, we're never going to do anything for God. 
Paul, the apostle, was challenged everywhere he went. And when you make a trip like this, you realize going back in time, 2,000 years, the history to understand all the things that were in front of him. And he was, read, he was writing to, to the Romans in, in Corinth, which is in Greece, you know, the Corinthians. And he's, he's writing from the city of Corinth to the Romans, and he's saying in that verse, I'm eager to preach the gospel to you who are in Rome. He wrote that verse in the mid-50s. Okay, remember 50 A.D.? This is after Christ is resurrected, died and resurrected. He's 55 A.D. or so. He's writing those words in Romans. He doesn't get to Rome for six years. Six years later. It wasn't six days or six weeks or six months. It was six years. And, and when he finally gets there, if you know the story, he gets there by ship. And how many knows what happens on that ship? He gets in a shipwreck. And that's in the end of Acts. And as he's doing all this and being, and being wanting to get there to these places to preach the gospel, he eventually ends up in Rome. And when he ends up in Rome, and I'll show you in a minute this video, and ends up preaching the gospel, he, he, before he gets to this cell, not too long after that, he is beheaded about a mile away from this cell and martyred. And so he, his, 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 and I think about how our lives, church, is when you're truly serving God and truly living for the Lord, it's not about what I can get out of my life anymore. Now it's what can I do for God? What can I do for the kingdom of God? How can I, how can I die to myself and let other people know about the gospel? Now I want to read a few verses here in Acts 26. Joel, you could put those up. And this might seem like a lot of verses, but I really want you to read this with me. If you've got your Bibles, Acts 26, it sounds like a lot, but it's not. And it says, while I occupied, I journeyed to Damascus with authority and commission from the chief priests. And at midday, O king, along the road, now as, as I'm reading this, he is talking to King Agrippa, and this is now in Rome. Okay, he is in Rome and he's standing before King Agrippa. There's buildings there in Rome where King Agrippa served as the king. And he's, he's telling the story as he's, def he's not defending himself because he's, he, doesn't, he doesn't really care what they do with him, but they have him in court. So he's telling them why he's preaching the gospel. And he says, I saw a light from heaven brighter than the sun shining around me. And if you know the Bible, this is, this is, this is a conversion experience from Acts chapter 8, shining around me and those who journeyed with me. And when we had all fallen to the ground, I heard a voice speaking to me and saying in the Hebrew language, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It is hard for you to kick against the goats. And I said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus. Now, I want you to leave that up for a second because walking the streets of Rome today, 2,000 years ago, we know that that is the Mecca of religion. Rome is the home of religion. Of, 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 when, I, when, I, when I say that, I mean the religion of the Christian faith. Okay? It's not what God wants it to be, but it is the place where now today religion is. And today, 2,000 years ago, unfortunately, he's saying, Lord, who are you? And today... Thousands and millions of people in Rome and around the world are still saying, Lord, who are you? They go to church but don't know who Jesus is. Amen? I was telling a couple people before the service, it's unbelievable. 
you can't even fathom the, the size of the buildings. And if you've ever built anything, for me personally, I, I, that have constructed things, when I see buildings, it's different for me. Because I know what it is to build something. And especially out of concrete. And when you see these buildings, these cathedrals that they built in the name of God, it is so impressive. But it's so sad at the same time because you, you don't feel the presence of the Lord there. It's so religious that it's, it's so grand and so amazing, but unfortunately they don't know who the Lord is. And I'm not saying everybody, I'm saying this in general. But you'd go and see this humongous cathedral and you'd walk in and, and they're all open. That's one thing that they do better than us as churches. They're open all the time. You can walk in anytime, and you see these ceilings that are painted. You've seen them on pictures, and they're, they're so high, you wonder, how in the world did they get up there back then, right? I mean, how did they get up there to build that thing? And you see all these paintings. You see all this gold. You see all these colors. It's beautiful and amazing and majestic. Then you walk out of that and walk 100 yards and see another cathedral. And you walk another 100 yards, and you see another one. I mean, they're everywhere, every corner, everywhere you go, and these people... Are, are, are searching for God but don't know who he is. And how many know the job of the church is that everyone would know who Jesus is, truly who Jesus is. That's why we go preach the gospel. That's why we went to Ireland. That's why we're here tonight, that, in case you forgot. That's why we come on Sundays. That's why we do outreach because we're trying to get people to know Jesus like we know him. Amen. How many want the whole world to know Jesus like you know him? So he says, who are you, Lord? And he says, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. But rise and stand on your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose, to make you a minister and a witness, both of the things which you have seen and of the things which I will re yet reveal. Leave that verse there for a second. Turn to the person next to you and say, you're a minister. And you're a witness. Tell the person on the other side, if there is somebody there, you're a minister and you're a witness. Can I get an amen? amen. Remember, we're all ministers in here tonight. You might not be a full-time minister in a church or, or, or have that kind of uh, title, but you are a full-time minister and your job is paying you to be a full-time minister. Your job's paying you to be a witness. Amen? So this is the call of all of us. Let's keep going. I will deliver you from the Jewish people as well from the Gentiles to whom I now send you. Tell the person next to you, God's sending you. Amen. To open their eyes. Now, you know this verse. You've been hearing this verse for me for the last year. It's my favorite verse right now. I love this verse. He says, to open their eyes. You got someone that doesn't know the Lord tonight. You got a family member. You got a neighbor. You got a coworker. Pray this verse for them. To open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light. And from the power of Satan to God. That they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Can I get an amen? amen. Powerful verse. Therefore, here's, here's the title of the message, King Agrippa. I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. Leave that up there for a second. I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. How many know there's a heavenly vision tonight? The heavenly vision is to preach Jesus everywhere we go. Amen. 
to preach Jesus, to tell people what he's done for us here in different places. You may not get the chance to go to another country, or you might if you just put yourself in the right position. If you just continue to do what you're supposed to do and be faithful and little, God will put you in big opportunities. So how many believe there's a heavenly vision tonight? And we don't want to be disobedient to it. So he says, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision, but declared first to those in Damascus and Jerusalem. And this is important, church. You need to make sure you're preaching to the ones around you first. A lot of people say, I want to go be a missionary. I want to go reach the lost in another city or another place, but you don't witness where you live. Amen. Amen. I know we're in my living room tonight, but I'm just, I got to preach to you. Amen. We can't say, Lord, use me somewhere else. God says, I'm trying to use you where you are. I need you to witness where you're at, and then we'll see what I'll do. So he says, I need you to declare to Damascus and Jerusalem first, and then all throughout the region of Judea, and then to the Gentiles that they should repent. I just want you to know, this is a Sunday morning message, by the way. I'm preaching it to you on Wednesday nights. Okay? I'm not going to wait till Sunday, because we might not be here. So he says, all the regions of Judea to the Gentiles, that they should repent. Say repent. We need to get people to repent. We need to repent. Turn to God and do works befitting repentance. For these reasons, the Jews, now, you might have forgot, and I believe you have, that what I'm reading here is Paul preaching. Paul's preaching these words that I'm preaching to you to a king. Hello. He's not just reading this. He is preaching this to the king. He says, for these reasons, the Jews seized me in the temple and tried to kill me. Therefore, having obtained help from God, to this day I stand. Is anybody here tonight because God's got you here tonight? Amen? Witnessing both the small and great, saying no other things than those which the prophets and Moses said would come, that the Christ would suffer, that he would be the first to rise from the dead and would proclaim light to the Jewish people and to the Gentiles. Where are the Gentiles tonight? Do I have any Gentiles in here? Amen. And watch this. Now, as he made his defense, Festus says with a loud voice, Paul, you are beside yourself. In other words, you are crazy. Much learning he, see, this person is not perceiving. He's still in the religious side. Much learning is driving you mad. But he said, I'm not mad, most noble Festus, but I speak the words of truth and reason. For the king, before I, all, whom I also speak freely, knows these things. How many would like God to open up a door for you to preach to a king? to a president, to a governor, to somebody important, amen? Those doors can open if you'll be faithful in the little things. For I am convinced that none of these things escape his attention since this thing was not done in a corner. He's saying, I don't do things hidden, I do it in the open. Now, King Agrippa, he says, do you believe the prophets? I know that you do believe. And look at this. Church, this is what we need in our lives. We need influence. 
We need the anointing of God on us that will influence people. And King Agrippa says, and, I, and I, like I said, I was so blessed to stand in that place where, where this was happening in the city of Rome where Agrippa's talking to Paul, and he says, you almost persuade me to become a Christian. Amen. And Paul said, I would to God that not only you, but all who hear me today. He's, he's in a court might become both almost and altogether such as I am, except for these chains. When he said these things, the king stood up, as well as the governor and Bernice and those who sat with them. And when they had gone aside, they talked among themselves and said, this man is doing nothing deserving of death or chains. And King Agrippa says to Festus, this man might have been set free if he had not appealed to Caesar. And the story ends there. But I want, what I want you to see in this verse is the boldness of Paul. The, the, the conviction that Paul has of the heavenly vision. And every time we think we have it difficult in our lives, we need to relate ourselves to what's going on in the Bible, that these men and women did not count their lives. Paul knew what he was doing, and he knew the preaching he was doing was going to end him up in a place of chains and of prison, and most likely death. Now, I want to show you real quick to close up tonight, and I'm going to have the musicians come, but i got one more verse to read. It's so powerful. And this is going to touch a few people here, I believe. Not that, the, ver the video, please. Now, I apologize. I want, you don't have to have, it doesn't have any sound. No, don't worry about sound, because me and Carl are actually talking. I apologize that it's not sideways because I was filming this for me and didn't really think I was going to share it. But you can't even really see it good. This is inside the prison cell where Paul is right before he is martyred. The roof is right here. I'm 6'4", the roof is 6'5". And I want you to play it again. It doesn't give justice, obviously, to see this through a tiny little screen. But those are the stairs we walk down, and this is the cell that Paul wrote part of 2 Timothy in. And you're going to see a door in a second right here, which is the prison door, which actually went out into a sewer area. And I was reading some of the history of this today, and they said that many times they would put prisoners down there to await being murdered, and they would forget about them or not feed them, and they would just die in the cell, and they would throw them out the door into the sewer, and they would just go, go with the sewage. But we know that Paul was taken from there less than a mile to a place called Abbey, and he was martyred and is beheaded for the gospel. But listen to this, and musicians, you can come if you would. It was so powerful to stand in that cell and think, that Paul wrote part of the Bible and listened to what they say was part of what he wrote in that cell. For I am already, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6. I don't even want you to put it up. I want people to listen. I am already being poured out as a drink offering. And the time of my departure is at hand. Some of y'all are going to recognize these verses. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. 
See, we can say those words here tonight in a, in a comfy chair with a roof over our heads and a car waiting outside and no persecution around us and no threat of dying. And we can read those verses and we can say, Lord, help us finish the fight. But Paul is saying these words sitting in that prison cell, knowing that his destiny is death. He's probably already been sentenced by the time he's writing these words. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day. And not to me only, but also to those who have loved his appearing. Now, I want you to watch this video one more time, and I would gladly share this with anybody that would like it to see it in their own phone up close more. But I want you to see that video as I read this again. I am already being poured out as a drink offering. The time of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, and not to me only, but also to all those who have loved his appearing. Now, I know that you weren't standing there like I was, and no one could feel what it would be to be standing in that room, but we can get the idea that this is what our lives are supposed to be. Most likely, and hopefully, we're not going to end our lives in a prison cell preaching the gospel or be beheaded for our faith. But how many know next time we go to make some kind of, mis of excuse for not doing something for God, we should just throw that excuse out the window? Amen. And say, Lord, I, I want to do something for God. God, use me tonight. Use my life. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Father, all over this place, you're touching our hearts. Lord, the vision of the gospel of Jesus Christ is alive and well. The vision of Victory World Outreach is alive and well tonight. And it's being preached all over the world. Lord, it's being preached in Longford, Ireland. It's being preached in Roscommon. It's being preached, Father God, all through the Czech Republic and Slovakia, Germany, France, the Congo, Mexico, Kenya, Tanzania, Canada, Costa Rica, El Salvador, Nicaragua, and even places we don't know today where churches are spreading because people are saying, it's not about me, it's about the call to preach the gospel. To, to fulfill the heavenly vision and not be disobedient to it. And Lord, tonight on this Wednesday night, we're, we're the core of the church here tonight. We're the ones who come because we're radical for you, and we want to be in church on a Wednesday night. We want, to, we want to feel your presence, and we want to be challenged. And tonight, Lord, we pray that you would challenge us to do more for the kingdom of God. Lord, I'm challenging myself, Lord, not to be lazy, not to, not to think about what I can get out of this life, but, Lord, how can I be poured out as a drink offering? How can I go and consider myself less? Lord, tonight we thank you for Pastor Don and Loretta that have given their lives to go to the country of Ireland and preach the gospel. We thank you for all those different countries 
13 different countries that are being represented inside that city in Longford, Ireland that are hearing the gospel because of a couple that did not make excuses. For a couple that said, we're going to go, even though it cost us our lives or cost us our health or cost us being separated from our grandchildren, in spite of all the things going on in our lives tonight, we're going to go. And Lord, tonight, I believe you're calling people. Maybe you're not calling us to go be missionaries, but you're calling us to preach to our neighbor. You're calling us to preach to the person at the bank, the person at the supermarket, the person at the barber shop, the person, Lord, that it made us mad and offended us, Lord, to tell them that Jesus is the answer for their lives tonight. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for the gospel. Thank you for allowing me to come and tell this message tonight to a people that, Lord, you can raise up from their excuses tonight and raise up from their inabilities tonight to say, Lord, use me. I make myself available. Call me. Guide my steps. Like, like, like Isaiah said, here I am. Send me, Lord. All over this place, his heads are bowed and eyes are closed. And those watching online, if you don't know Jesus, Paul said as he was saw at that moment, who are you, Lord? And Jesus said, I am Jesus, the one that you are persecuting. You know, if you don't believe in Jesus tonight or you're rejecting Jesus, you're persecuting him. You're being disobedient to the call of God. How many in this place, how many watching tonight online, how many listening to this podcast, you are being disobedient to the call of God on your life. You're, you haven't answered, and Jesus is knocking, and eternity is waiting. If you're here tonight and you don't know him like Saul did not know him, just lift up your hand all over this place, just like all those teenagers did on that Friday night from different countries in Ireland because we were able to go and preach the gospel over there and they were able to hear a different voice than the voice of their pastor and t lives were touched. How many could say tonight if I died, I don't know where I'd spend eternity and you want to be like Paul tonight where you can say with confidence, my life is being poured out as a drink offering. I have fought the good fight. Maybe you're here and you're running from the Lord. You're backslidden. Your heart's not right with God tonight. You're putting on a great facade outside, but inside your heart's not right with God. Pastor, pray for me. I want to get right. Just lift it up and put it down all over this place. Those that are watching, those that are listening, we're going to give you a chance right now to put your faith in Jesus Christ. As we stand all across this congregation and stay in this attitude of prayer, we're going to say a prayer of salvation for those that are watching online. Before we open these altars and we talk to God and thank Him tonight for the gospel that's been preached to us because of faithful people that have gone before us to bring the gospel to us. Everyone in here tonight, say this with me. For those that are watching online, we can't see them. We just ran into an Uber driver last night that we believe is going to come to this church and he may be listening tonight. People you've witnessed to, people you've given a Jesus card to, people you've hopefully passed a track out to, you just keep on planting seeds. Just keep on telling them Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the answer. We know how short life is. 
David and I just found out of a friend, a basketball friend of ours that died last week in a car accident. 30 years old, too young, right in Aubrey. Went off the side of the road, flipped a bunch of times and died. Tomorrow's not promised. That could be your loved one. That could be your friend. That could be your brother, your sister. Church, we've got to stay busy. It's Christmas season. This is the time where people are the most depressed. This is the time where people are the most hopeless. I don't know the guy, but I just heard today on the news a very famous person uh, named Twitch. I just know from the news. 40 years old. Married. Carla was showing me on, on, the, on, the, on the Instagram. Three days ago, him and his wife were doing that TikTok dance people do. Looked very happy. Just celebrated their anniversary. Have three kids. And he just committed suicide today or last night. 40 years old. Looks like he has everything together. If you watch that video from three days ago, looks happy. And all of a sudden today he's in eternity. We don't know what people are going through. We just got to tell them Jesus is the answer. Don't try to give them religion. Give them Jesus. Don't try to get them to do this, that, and the other. Say Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the hope. Church, the vision is alive. Paul was preaching to King Agrippa, and King Agrippa today, if he's in eternity in hell, he had a chance to say yes to Jesus because Paul presented the gospel to him. All God calls us to do is present the gospel. We can't change anybody. We can't influence anybody. All he asks us to do is tell people Jesus is the answer. Let's finish this year and let's see the most people saved we've ever seen saved during the Christmas season. Because they may not say it, but they're looking. Amen? They're looking for hope. They're looking for Jesus. They're looking for the answer. They just don't know where to find it. Say this with me for those that are watching tonight. Jesus, you're the answer. You're the king. You're the Lord. You're the master. You died on the cross for my sins. I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. Jesus, change me. Transform me. Take my life and give me purpose. Please forgive me of all my sins, all my failures, all my shortcomings. I believe you took them on the cross and then you defeated death by rising from the dead on the third day coming out of that grave so I could live forever. Jesus, change me tonight. You're no longer just a, a God. You're my King. You're my Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, Go to our website at vwotexas.com.